Welcome to Sustainable Futures, the sustainability podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company. In each episode, we speak with senior experts from a wide range of disciplines to bring broad understanding to complex topic areas and shine a light on the most pressing sustainability issues facing business and marketing, all designed to help marketers create sustainable futures for brands and business. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kantar's sustainability series. And this is part two of an episode that we ran on purpose. Now, in the first episode, we talked about the notion of purpose and we asked provocative questions around, you know, purpose has been around for some time. Has purpose had its day? We talked about what marks out a purpose driven organization nowadays, bearing in mind the evolution that we've seen. And we also started to tackle the the knotty issue of the link between purpose and sustainability and debated where an organization should start and what lens it should look through, be that a purpose lens or a sustainability lens, or was there a way to to bring all of that together? Now, last time we had our eminent panelists, we're lucky enough to have them back again. And what I'm going to do is ask each of them in turn to just introduce yourselves, guys, so that people can remind themselves of who you are. And Jeremy, I'm going to start with you. Great. Well, nice to see you all. My name is Jeremy Schwartz. I was the former CEO of The Body Shop, which obviously grappled with many of these subjects, uh, the former CEO of Pandora, and now I'm the chairman of Kantar Sustainability Transformation Practice, working alongside Jonathan. I also have the privilege to speak on sustainability worldwide with leaders of companies, and it's just great to get an infusion of ideas from companies from Asia, from the US, and from Europe, which we can use in this discussion. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy Aslam. Hi, everyone. Islam Shantuk here. I am working in Kantar for the last 16 years and have been in various roles, but mainly being about transformation and purpose-led transformation, help global companies to drive those type of journeys. And I am now part of Kantar's sustainable transformation practice. Also, uh, help still continuing to help organizations in the area of sustainable transformation and purpose-led transformation. Thanks, Islam. Victoria. Hi, everyone. Um, yes, I'm uh, an independent academic, so I work between academia and practice to try to create and support the, the change we need. Uh, so that we have a world that we want. My background comes really from a business and a marketing perspective. Uh, I was a consultant at Accenture, so worked in 3M's marketing uh, team and retail marketing strategy as a consultant. And then essentially for the last uh, 20 years, I've been focused in on sustainability and business and marketing and trying to sort of get us high and deep to help us to understand how we can move forward effectively. My areas are purpose, governance, marketing, leadership, and culture. So try to really get deep and interconnected on all those things. And so some particular roles that I've been playing, I led the process to create the world or co-led with my co-convener in from Trinidad, the process to create the world's first global consensus document on governance of organizations, uh, ISO 37000, which was launched in September. I've also was the technical author of the world's first national standard on purpose-driven organizations uh, with a wide variety of uh, experts in the steering group. And you can download that for free online, PAS 808. And also I'm a fellow at uh, CISA 
Excel, the Cambridge University Institute for Sustainability Leadership and do a range of work with them. One of the things that's pertinent to this conversation is an eight week course uh, that's just being finalized now and is available for people to register in sustainable marketing, media and creative. Excellent. Well, thank you all and thank you for joining today. And you're uniquely qualified to be able to talk about this particular topic. So I'm really excited to to dive in. So we really set the scene last time around talking about purpose-driven organizations linked to purpose and sustainability and so forth. Now, what we're going to focus in on today is really the role of marketing and the role of leadership within this whole debate. And where I want to start is, is again, just to just to provoke you guys again, you know, when we think about purpose and we think about purposeful organizations does marketing even have the right to have a voice here you were saying last time around that in order to um be a an organization which is fit for the future organizations needed to have purpose at its heart and needed to be driven by sustainable principles now does marketing has it earned the right to have a voice at that table victoria i want to start with you on that one well, firstly, just to remind us, and this is something that's really specified uh, within PAS 808, that the definition that's emerging in the consensus out there, uh, which unites sustainability and purpose at, the, at its absolute heart, that an organizational purpose is a reason to exist that is an optimal strategic contribution to long-term well-being for all people and planet, long-term well-being for all people and planet being the definition of sustainability if we take the Brundtland report. It's that goal that we're looking to achieve and of which is under existential threat. So if we have organizations that are essentially root and branch from the very heart of them focused on what's the innovative contribution that they make to achieving the goal of sustainability, then this is a whole organizational affair. <laughs> Everything about the organization then works towards that. The reason why I focus in on two key aspects, because I think if we focus in on them, the other things fall into place, is firstly governance, because it sets the frame for all decision-making. It steers the organization to make sure that it's on track to achieve that. And ISO 37000 sets out what that governance looks like. But the second thing is marketing, because, and this is where I, I struggled very much in the past to have this conversation, because we have to start by saying, well, what do we mean by marketing to be able to understand the rights, not just the right, but the absolute necessity for marketing, marketing to be front and center of this is because marketing is about value generation. It's the interface between an organization and all its stakeholders to work out what value should be created, what products and services, at what price, available where, promoted in what way. And if we're not getting that right, and it, and then what are we doing? Uh, marketing's, marketing is traditionally trained to do that. And I know because I ran a for seven years that the, the original marketing course at Plymouth University, that that's how we train our marketers. But then they go out into the world and they're essentially told that they're a tool of sales. Not to say sales isn't critical, it's absolutely vital, but it has to be situated within a bigger conversation about marketing as value generation. Everything from the board and the CEO, because once you start to say, 
what's our what's our purpose, what's our contribution to sustainability, you then have to get that immediately into a question of, well, what value are we trying to create? And how, what is the strategy to create that? And what is the role of the market in helping us to achieve that purpose, including the role of customers, but also beyond that? And we see purpose-driven organizations also being able to be unleashed to think beyond the market. So it's a, it's a, a big topic that I know mm. we're going to explore here so I'll stop there but just to say it's not that marketing you know uh, does marketing have have the right I would say how would you ever achieve any kind of defined value generation be that financial profit maximization or a contribution to sustainability without marketing being absolutely at the core so thank you Victoria so that's interesting isn't it so it's the notion of marketing being a strategic function and therefore not only does it have the right it has the responsibility and it's a huge opportunity for, for marketers and organizations Jeremy you've um, had an illustrious career you know as a CEO but also through marketing functions as well you know as, as CMOs in organizing um, some of the world's leading organizations. Marketing seems to sort of lurch from one, one existential crisis to another, doesn't it? And now it's related to purpose and sustainability. It'd be great to get your point of view on it. Yeah, I think I've got to try and chunk this down just into a couple of practical points. So the first one is, for most organizations, the purpose needs to be led by the CEO. If this is a multi-brand organization, and marketing might have a role in the thinking, but let's say that's going to sit with the CEO. If you're in a monobrand, let's say organization where the brand and the company are uniform, then the marketing function will have, I think, a greater input at that time. But it nonetheless needs to be owned by the CEO. That's chunk idea one. There's, of course, another one, which is that we are looking to use purpose as a more contemporary idea than positioning. This does get complex because positioning has a role, but purpose for a brand can give a more active long-term contribution, not only to society, but for the brand to consider its role to be more than simply a product, but have multiple uh, connections. So in that instance, then marketing can completely own the definition of purpose for that brand. So we see there is complexity here. But I think the other point now, just to put that aside, is at the executional level. So at one point, uh, the execution of initiatives that drive a sustainability agenda requires innovation of existing products or new products, because we have to assume what exists is not sufficient. And of course, that then depends where does the product development sit in some organizations, marketing are the spearhead of that, let's say in the consumer products. But if I'm in the media or content, frankly, marketing is quite on the side. It is that the media owner who's the product creator. And in, let's say, engineering cars, it's quite often the engineer to the product owner. So the answer does vary as to where marketing sits in the product development cycle. But let's say that what marketing has to do wherever they sit is to find a way to get the consumer in the end to buy the outputs of products that are developed that are going to be more sustainable and therefore their role there then is critical because if they're cynical or they're not committed or they don't contribute to that then any initiative that's developed will not as we see gain traction because consumers are very comfortable with what they've got and so marketing's role in that aspect, I would say, is paramount. And they should have no sense of uh, complexity or, or in crisis because we are looking to them to work out how to convince people to shift from where they are to where they need to be product-wise. Brilliant. Thank you. So the, the importance of CEO leadership, I think that notion between purpose and positioning is something that marketers, in my experience, are struggling with on a daily basis. 
so interesting to get your point of view on that and obviously the critical role of innovation within um, the sustainability debate, which I know you're very passionate about. Aslam, you've, you've led so many um, transformation programs for organizations and, and obviously the marketing function has been one that you've been very involved with. It'd be great to get your perspective on this. Oh, that's good. I guess mine will be more of a summary of what uh, Jeremy and, and Victoria has touched upon, but one I approach it from the point that marketing's role is only getting more exciting and broader. And I think two things are really leading this. It's the multi-stakeholder view eh, to create that holistic value for the society and planet's well-being. And that brings us a, a great responsibility, but a lot of excitement with it. And, and Jeremy touched upon innovation, right? It's about reinventing the business model as well as a result of circular economy, what is being done in other departments right, which is marketing lagging behind maybe in terms of understanding, there is a great opportunity for marketeers to leverage what's happening behind the scenes in the in the value chain. And in order to do that, marketing needs to get a better understanding of the holistic business value chain and, and needs to be able to translate this in the best interest of the brand. First of all, yes, let be a mother brand or an individual brand. And also, of course, in the interest of all the stakeholders. So there, therefore, it's, it's an exciting era uh, for anyone who really likes that intellectual challenge to understand that complexity and, and bring real impactful solutions to the world. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that's um, true of the broader sustainability debate. You know, a lot of people saying, look, there's a huge amount of complexity. You know, oftentimes I get so stressed about it or, you know, we talk about climate grief. But actually, you know, I think in order to come out of it, people need to have that positivity and optimism. And, and what you're saying there, Aslam, is that you know, marketeers need to see this about uh, as an opportunity for them um, as, a, as a function as well. Absolutely. And I see innovation, maybe just want to say what Jeremy was pointing out is very exciting and very important because it's about reinventing the business that you are doing. Take fashion industry. Uh, uh, there's a lot of issues in the industry about uh, uh, basically the the amount of clothes that's being used, the, the, the life cycle of the product, which really forces actually now the businesses to think about reuse secondhand and repair models, which is a whole new thing. You move all of a sudden from a product-driven organization into a product-slash-service-driven organization. And what does it mean as marketing? Obviously, marketing has a lot of, you know, uh, has, a lot, has a lot of responsibility and a lot of tasks to achieve in order to make that happen. And it is very exciting. And it is a business role rather than a comms role. Let's, let's face it. It's, it's a real understanding of the business and yeah. driving it, therefore, elevates the role of marketing or forces them to elevate even further. So that's exciting, isn't it? I think what you've all said there is that you know, there's an opportunity for marketing to reframe its role within an organization in a way that it has wanted to do for many years. Um, so, so let's talk about that opportunity. If we were to cast our minds, you know, 10 years uh, into the future, what, how will people be thinking about marketing if it has managed to grasp this opportunity? Victoria. Yeah. So uh, to do that, and this, this connects with the, the, you know, the great insights that Jeremy and Oslin just shared there. I, I truly think we need a big conversation about the definition of marketing and we need to understand why we think of marketing the way that we do now. It's a mess, frankly, in organizations at the moment. You know, some companies have a customer 
department, a growth department, a marketing department, a comms department. Plus, they've got essentially CEOs, boards and everything further down making marketing decisions. Which market do we go in? Who do we target? How do we target? How do we make ourselves seen? But they're not or, or even internal marketing, which don't have a marketing label, but are essentially therefore without necessarily the skills of marketing doing that job. So there's that. And then there's understanding because really what's happening is a paradigm shift in what we think is the role, what a business is, what the economy is, what the role of business in the economy and therefore in society is. And, and this is the work that I've been trying to um, uh, bring focus on because I think it allows us to have a deeper, more practical discussion about how we move forward. So let's just for a moment, say, before answering that question about 10 years, because ultimately the answer is, well, depends how we see what the what the task is as to where marketing might end up. Personally, I, I truly believe that we have financialized life, companies, society, because of a set of assumptions which have make it very easy to count money and think that we have therefore um, done something good towards achieving the ultimate end of the economy, well-being for everyone over time. And we know that we haven't. Unsustainability is the biggest failure in that assumption that we could ever have. Now, if marketing's role and if a business's roles, which and that's what essentially we've done is say, business, your role is this bit. You know, you've got to read the market, you've got to supply what people demand, and you've got to make as much money as possible. So essentially, you're a value capture uh, role as a business, and then siphon that money to shareholders. So if that's the predominant model, and I think we can take that beyond corporates to even charities and universities and government, right? If that's if that's the function, then the question on market for marketing is, okay, how can we make as much money as possible? Now we might be servicing customers' apparent needs, or let's let's face it, what they demanding for whatever reason, including the role that marketing's played in manipulating that demand over many, many decades. Um, and, and, the, and the question for marketing strategy is, where's the money? Where's the market to get the most out of the money? And that's how the, the, the average marketing planning process happens, right? Now, that is going to necessarily, then we think, oh, yeah, so marketing over time has been equated with advertising, equated with sales, pretty much end of pipe. Any strategies that it has get overridden at the last minute because of sales targets. So suddenly you're thinking, well, yeah, but that's obvious. If the question in the room is, how do we make as much money as possible from the market, then marketing will become that role. If, however, we are now moving to marketing as being understood as it always really was, if we think back to the marketing concept, to Drucker, to Kotler, you know, this is a value generation, you know, function. I mean, and and therefore anyone who's involved in strategic conversations about what value to create um, need to be right at the heart of that room. So in 10 years time, if we manage to do that, if we manage to bring about purpose-driven capitalism essentially because i think our alternative is begging for a command and control system this is our window to be able to take a market economy which in my definition is the definition of capitalism that rather than command and control then that's that's the hope for marketing and then marketing becomes something that we rediscover in a way um and not just there to create a customer but there to create to do its part in creating true value uh, which again, Kotler was one of the first, 1969, he wrote a paper with Levy on societal marketing, saying we need to look at the long-term needs of customers. I mean, 
you know, to be honest, the roots of it have been in marketing for ages. So the best hope is we rediscover what we've lost. We align it with our understanding of unsustainability. We unleash marketing and we broaden the concept. And then we are very clear about what advertising is, what sales promotion is, what PR is, what, you know, all of those sub-marketing mix elements. Um, and we and we have an integrated view of the whole. Uh, so that's what I, I hope. That or we need to make up a new term for marketing. And I, I wonder about the time. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that. So the rediscovery of marketing, redefinition of marketing um, and, and focusing on um, more strategic value generation. Jeremy, love to hear you on this. Yes, I think like last time I'm going to be provocative and say I won't answer your question um, because if I could predict one year, I would already be multi a multimillionaire. But I will predict I will put one statement out there that we have a crossroads worldwide, which is, are we gonna to continue to be a consumption-led uh, globe and population, or are we going to uh, learn a new uh, financial and model, which is to reduce consumption? In some ways, that, I would say, will be the existential, sorry, I can't even pronounce it, challenge we're gonna have, because as we've just heard, marketing and commerce has all been about maximizing consumption or gaining share in that. And if we are to deal with the challenge we have, the beginning we've already heard with the clothing industry where it's about reuse, et cetera, will mean a different model which isn't championing consumption. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. And yeah. frankly, all the audience 10 years is so far ahead that they don't have to worry about it, plus or minus, somebody else will be worrying, I would suggest. So therefore, what should the audience be considering now? I think it's to reinforce this point that marketing needs to be the champion of the execution of sustainable action. You know, I mean, there's so many speeches and so many situations where everybody's nodding nicely, but pull back the skin and people are just either rejecting action or are struggling with it. I think on the struggle with it, the best analogy to the solution is simply to think of digital transformation. You know, this started around 2003, really took it off in 2008 with the launch of the iPhone. But digital transformation was as disruptive to the mindset and the thinking and the roles of marketing and others as sustainability is now. And we can see we've worked our way through it to some degree. It's yet another layer. So in answer to your question, I think, uh, well, I think I've, I've made the points. Let's not worry about the future. Right. Let's about right now, but marketing, grab the initiative and take responsibility for championing this cause because we need people to be the champion of it. And if you're not, then it gets starts to get worrying. So similar themes there around system change and around redefinition of consumption and, and new business models. I mean, I was interested, I was at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation Summit last week where the vice chair of BlackRock talked about if we continue on the, the current path, GDP will shrink by 25% over the next two decades. So I think um, value generation needs to not only be rediscovered, but I think also uh, uh, redefined, as you say. Aslam, can I come to you on this? How will people be thinking about marketing in 10 years' time? Now, this, I think the discussion that we're having is the role and capability almost, isn't it, in both hands. So it's the role of marketing. I think we are quickly going into what are those new capabilities that marketing needs to own on the way and within 10 years time, maybe whatever that time period may be, hopefully shorter. But I think I'll bring us back to this multi-stakeholder value creation and this holistic understanding of the business value chain. 
and 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 the implications of it are quite some new muscles aren't they and and probably marketing needs to be along the way still able to, uh, to play the systemic change agent role if we if the organizations are to make the change happen who else otherwise you know it could be sustainability experts but i see sustainability and marketing side by side in the same team really trying to achieve because when we say marketers we're not talking about individual marketing here we're probably talking about some sort of cross-functional teams making it happen aren't we the issue is too big and and too complicated for one brain probably to make that decision and it's not only the internal role the spider in the web role but also there is quite an external role that we observe marketers or the ones who are leading this are taking eh? also because this requires some transformative partnerships for the brands if they are really to put purpose into action in real sense Therefore, I think uh, the best analogy I can think of is really this spider in the web role or the, the systemic change agent role for marketeers, which I would love marketing to have. Maybe I could just uh, add something there, because I think that's that's a really, a really important and good point. Um, and it kind of, it links back to that rediscovery of marketing, really. I mean, if we look at even the AMA definition of marketing, it's about all stakeholders, including society as a whole. So it's got a very, very broad sort of starting point that my sort of model of the paradigms of marketing that go from that sort of make and sell classical economics to the dawn of the marketing concept where we have sense and respond. And then we move to a purpose-driven marketing approach, which I would call guide and co-create. And that requires marketing to lead. So it needs to know what it's leading for because you can't strategize anything in this world unless you know what your objective is because of strategy is just a way to achieve it. So this really then puts marketing rather than responding to demand saying, what is the value that we are trying to create connected in to this purpose? But then the critical thing is, this is not about flogging sustainability or flogging the purpose, which would be make and sell for sustainability. I really do think, as you said, Oslam, this moves us into a different set of skills, um, which are, and that's why it's called guide and co-create. Be clear about the sort of objective you're going for, the goal, but then the path is a co-created transformation and a journey where marketing on, on behalf of the, of, of the organization holds hands with all the stakeholders and walks a path. And so, you know, to a large degree, getting down to some of those nitty gritties, you know, we've, we've been in a situation where we have a certain set of symbolic associations that marketing has helped build in all kinds of ways. You know, what is this brand? What is this product? What will it help me do in my life that ultimately will achieve my well-being? Now, that needs to be systematically transformed so that we have not necessarily less consumption just to say but different consumption because consumption could be visual you know we can have a very broad definition and understanding of what it is to consume it's that it's been contained by the market and it's been about resources so if we put then marketing in that position then it needs to understand its stakeholders very well to be able to go on that in a way that it hasn't had to have that level of deep relationship 
Also, in terms of, let's just bring one more thing there, in terms of transforming the organization itself to become purpose-driven, that's your spider in the web in the internal uh, sphere. Again, internal marketing is something that is a huge you know, skill set, but, but often gets lost in that conversation, and as well as that external stakeholder. So I really do see evidence from all the organizations that I talk with of marketing being unleashed into this, oh, hang on a minute, if we are going to move from creating this kind of value and setting up our whole stakeholder system to maximize, say, financial income. And we're now saying, because that's what purpose does, we now exist for a very different kind of ultimate objective, one that has quality, an outcome that is a contribution that's real value. Then we need not just to be you know, as an internal system and culture to be different, but we need our stakeholder constellation to look really different. We might need different shareholders, different customers, or to and to shape those. So switching, shaping, working with those stakeholders, who's best set up in the organization to do that? It's marketing. But again, that needs marketing to be unleashed from this sort of, you know, box that we put it in to enable it to do what really, you know, it was supposed to be for. And, and of course, for, for marketeers to start to push against that definition, because I think what you're talking about there is notions of stakeholder capitalism and, you know, financial financial flows as well uh, into organisations which are based on different criteria, aren't they? And I think marketing needs to start to have a voice in those areas. I want to move on to uh, the last question for, for today, which is the notion of leadership. Obviously, leadership critical um, more broadly in corporations. This isn't a webinar about uh, leadership in general, but specifically in the context of the conversation we've been having. And, and the question I want to ask, and I'm going to put this to Jeremy first, is you know, what's the type and style of leadership that purpose-driven organizations demand? And, and really, you know, you've already introduced the notion of the CEO, Jeremy. I'd, I'd like to get a perspective on both the CA, CEO and the CMO, please. Yeah, I think I'm going to put again another challenge because I think in the, in the conversation we've had, and I'm picking up on Osman's point of view about capability, we can be picturing a marketing person who has all the skills that are required to lead in the way we've been describing. And I think if I'm going to be provocative, it would be that not every person who joins the marketing function necessarily comes with the broad business skills and perhaps the analytical and financial skills. And it can be either skills or even interests. It can be even dispositional interests to be the leader that we either might ascribe to them, as we've just done, or they themselves might imagine. And, and I'll give you a concrete example to that. I remember once uh, plotting or asking marketing to plot their role in an end-to-end -end project, as Osman has just been mentioning, across functions. And they saw themselves as the leader in a straight line across time, i.e. they were in charge all the way through. Then I got every other function to describe their role and contribution over time in a project. And it was no way did they see marketing being the sort of the leader of everything. They felt marketing had a role at the start to, let's say, define a problem with a consumer at the end to market it. But there were definitely other functions that had far more expertise and, and role and uh, responsibility. So to I'd just like to sum by saying I think there's a question of ask for marketeers to ask themselves, are they themselves taking personal responsibility to give themselves the capability and skills 
to be the leaders they want to be or to be seen to be. And I would say I'm not convinced. Uh, I think they have to broaden their mind, they have to be less territorial, and they have to be more expert in the whole value chain and other functions if they want to take that leadership role, which they can, but it's not an automated assumption that they should have it. Excellent. Thanks, thanks Jeremy. Aslam, come to you. Obviously, leadership central to a lot of work that you do. What's your perspective? Yes, indeed, Jonathan, this is a topic very much to my heart, so I may speak a bit longer. But Jeremy, your point about is very beautiful and just wanna, I think it's about humbleness, isn't it? It's humble leadership that you're describing here. It's, it's really, really great. But first of all, I want to take uh, it um, from, this is a transformation journey, right? And I think in terms of when we talk big transformations, it's leadership to inspire role model and empower is critical to big transformation. So this is no surprise, but I've been asked this question before and I've actually created my own model around it, which I'm going to talk basically. And it's it's funny, but it ended up with five C's, <laughs> the model, but it's not uh, the five C's of uh, Porto that we talk about here. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful and emotive one because you know, when you talk qualities of uh, transformation, people talk about agile, focus, adaptive. You know, this could also be equally counting for purpose-led yeah, transformation. However, it's not any different than when you have, uh, when you talk about digital transformation, because we've talked about the same qualities. So I was just thinking then, what are those additional ones when we really think purpose-specific uh, and, 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 I found these ones because I think purpose in general needs that human and emotive ecosystem actually to come to life. And that was my lens uh, to think about uh, those qualities. So uh, first one is caring and caring because you need to care about the planet and society to really be driven and, and be authentic when you're actually fighting for well-being of the of the overall. And, and they obviously need to be, you know, courageous and curious because we talk about uh, daring to take the untaken roads to solve those big issues, basically. And they need to be collaborative because uh, they need to be able to seek and create those transformative partnerships to create that systemic change. And in fact, as a side note, we talk a lot about mediation, negotiation skills really coming into life to make these processes a success, which not necessarily the marketing leaders need to own or any leader, but it's an important skill as well. But also lastly, on the C, uh, they need to be conscious of self. You see that I twisted a bit the other way around to stick to the C's, but it is really important because it's conscious of self with a sense of purpose, duty, and, and morals. And it is actually that self-awareness and that high sense of ethics, if you have it, that will bring that motivation and resilience uh, to oneself and also to, to, to the organization to continuously do the right thing. Because it's all about, you know, the, the conflicting decisions along the way. Therefore, it's about choosing the right path. Is, is is quite important and self-awareness uh, is quite important in that sense as well. Oh, that's super helpful, as I'm um, you know, really crystallizing that into crystallizing that into the model. I would have been disappointed if you'd not introduced one during the course of the conversation. So thank you. Sorry, Jeremy. 
I just wanted to compliment you. I think there's some really interesting words there. Courage is something more, as you've articulated, and conflicting uh, priorities or pressures is very much yes. in this area. And I think that word of reconciling or being able to lead through or acknowledge those conflicting priorities or pressures, objectives, is very consistent with the challenge that people are feeling. And therefore, to have the skills to manage that, as you've articulated, I very much like your your C's. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. Victoria, just finishing on you on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jeremy and, and Oslem. Uh, you know, really important and interesting thoughts there. Um, I, would, I would start firstly just on, on a marketing point. And I think, uh, you know, just reiterating the question we might need to ask as to whether we actually liberate marketing from a function and instead recognize that the organization's strategy to deliver its purpose is a marketing strategy and that every other department does a part of that and that everyone in an organization needs to be uh, uh, trained to be a really good marketer. So I'll put that one out there. And the reason I say that is because when we move to saying we're not here to capture value from a market, we're here to deliver a tangible, qualitative, well-being outcome that really matters, then you have a different question in the room. So, and this this will connect to this to the leadership point I will I'll make in a second. But what, what the question then becomes is, what is this value that we need to create? What is well-being? For which groups in the marketplace of well-being, where are the opportunities given our capacities, given what other well-being competitors are doing? What is the bit that we need to do? Um, and then to say, how do we do that within a number of really tough constraints? Not just can it make enough money to be able to invest, pay the bills and and, and and meet the expectations of stakeholders, including shareholders and others. But also, how can it be done within, you know, making sure that we're protecting and enhancing the value for stakeholders, which is stakeholder capitalism, that's sort of the means to deliver that purpose. How can we do it in a way that makes sure we have the right capitals? How and how can we do it within the boundaries and the thresholds of all our social and environmental systems? That's the question we're all going to need to be asking when it comes to innovation. How do we deliver the goal of well-being? for all in the long term, but within these really hard parameters for operating, which the governing body ideally would set. Now, marketing is best placed, and that comes to your point, Oslim, about being able to, you know, really work with this complexity and uncertainty uh, to be able to come up with, well, yeah, okay, so given all that, what is the, the, the product, the price, the, pra the place, the, the promotions that need to be done. And those, I think, are questions for the whole organization. So, I, and then just to end, to maybe compliment Oslim, your, your, your focus, if we were going to get down to leadership skills around purpose in, in general, I have a, a model I, I threw together based on all my uh, research and thinking a while ago at a Holocon um, conference, and it's called the, it, the Bevels model. So there's some overlap here. So the first one is brave. You've got to be brave and be able to challenge convention. So that's the B. Uh, the E, an empathetic and a eudaimonicist, which I've made up, but basically focused on well-being because well-being is eudaimonia. It's it's the good life. It's not just happiness. It's the good life. So you really need to be able to tap into what it is to be human 
And I think it's a really important emerging skill for all leaders at all levels. Uh, the V of Bevels is uh, vulnerable. So willing to be able to be seen stupid or wrong or a failure, ask the stupid questions and be vulnerable to not being liked. Because sometimes you have to say things you you, you know, that, and that's where you, you break the echo chamber. You know, ego controlled is the, the next E. You've got to be able to it's critical to purpose that it's not about the leader, it's about purpose as the leader. And that means the leader has to remove themselves systematically, even if they have to step into the limelight to create transformation. They are basically embedding within the governance and the systems and the hardware and software of the culture of the organization so that they can step out and it was all there. And then finally, the L and the S, uh, a long-term strategizer. So you've got to be able to think long-term and the S a systemic strategizer. Again, I think that's the point Jeremy, you and Oslem have made that need to be a systems thinker. So long-term and broad. Uh, and those are very specific skills. And just a final thing to add that when I looked up, because, uh, you know, it's always fun when you're trying to create a, you know, a shortening of all these things and uh, bevels, uh, apparently part of the definition of bevels is it facilitates mating with another piece, like a, a bevel in a, in a piece of wood. So that's where uh, I thought that in a way, that's the heart of leadership is making those those deep uh, connections between all parts of the system. Brilliant. Well, look, thank you guys for another great uh, conversation. We're going to um, wrap it up there. So just to remind everyone, we've moved on from um, defining uh, a purpose-driven organization and the relationship between purpose and sustainability uh, last time to really focus on the role of marketing what, how marketing might evolve and the nature of leadership going forward. And I guess points that I was taking out was particularly strongly around the, the need for a multi-stakeholder point of view in order to understand the holistic value chain, the role of marketing as a strategic value generation and rediscovering itself in that role rather than just, you know, functionally being something that's just about driving sales, the critical importance of the role of, of the CEO and the role of innovation and where that will sit um, in terms of responsibility within the organization. The notion of system change, I think, was coming through everything that you said, and even the redefinition of consumption and what that implies for business models for, uh, for, for innovation and communications going forward, and the role of marketing to be a change agent within organizations. So I wanted to thank you again, guys, for, for another great conversation, and thank you for, for tuning in and looking forward to the next webinar. So thank you. You've been listening to Sustainable Futures, a podcast from Kantar. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode.